Instance are the official socks of Major League Baseball, the National Basketball Association, and your favorite podcast, The Bunt. The new skate line has extra reinforcement in all the right areas, your heel, your toes, and your lateral foot, as well as moisture wicking and reinforced shins. The full forefoot of the sock is knitted in mesh to improve ventilation. It's the perfect sock for those long days in the streets. Hey, Dons, I got mine on. You got yours? Yeah. Let's hit the streets after this episode, dog. And now, live from Studio E, The Bunt with Safer and Donovan. All right, we back. Episode 8. It's a mad ting around here. Yo, say, you hear that? What's that, dog? Oh, I think that that's just the Texas Rangers airplane just flying back home. Clean sweep by the Jays, and we on to the next one. I'm D. Jones. He's the ghost. And as always, Ants one behind the scenes. It's a cool thing. What pop on this week's episode? Oh, man, this is a special week here at Studio E. You feel me? We got the legend, the one and only Rick McCrank in the building still. Couldn't be happier. And then we got our boy, Nick Katz. Came up from Miami for some sports talk, you feel me? After that, you know we taking it straight to the post office, answering all your emails. And then, hey, yeah, we talking football. I laid the smack down on someone this week. You'll find out a little later. So uh, stay tuned, bloods. Something to look forward coming up in next week's episode. We're going to have a Stance Socks giveaway. We're going to ask a skill testing question, and the winner's going to receive Stance Socks for a year. It's a mad thing out here still this week. <laughs> Doing it for the people. Make sure to like us on Facebook at The Bunt. Follow us on Instagram at The Bunt Live. And definitely send in them emails to TheBuntLive at gmail.com. Yo, it's a celebration over here in Studio E. If you haven't seen it on our Instagram, you know what I'm saying? We got our first box over here. Shouts to Brownie at Crew and Supra. It's raining product in Studio E these days. You feel me? If it's raining, then those four shoes must have fell out of the box because that's the only one we've gotten. (laughs) This week, as we said, we got McCrank on. It's pretty self-explanatory why we wanted to have him on the bunt. He's one of the best skateboarders to ever do it, not just out of Canada, but out of everyone around the world. True legend in the game. It was an honor to get to talk to him. Shouts to Sean Moe for hooking it up. Rick McCrank's been a professional skateboarder since we started skating. Heavy influential parts in Menek Maddie and Yeah Right. Still watching him to this day. And now he's hosting his own TV show on Viceland. Abandoned. Let's get into the interview. We got the legend, Mr. Rick McCrank. What's going on, Rick? What's up? Just chilling in Vancouver. Same here, chilling in T Dot. First question, as always, your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment. Who? I gotta say, favorite sport moment does not exist. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have never followed sports, so I don't have one. I I played some soccer in school, and I never made a goal. Like, I just not there. <laughs> it's not you. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Favorite skate moment? Damn, I knew you were going to ask me this, and I was like trying to prepare, and I was like, I'll get back to that one, but 
Um, Benny Hanna to Fakey on uh, them quarter pipes back in the day. Yeah, that one at the clubhouse was pretty good. And then my friend was like, hey, actually, you do deserve to be sponsored. (laughs) (laughs) True story. You know what's crazy? It's weird. It's like a contest. I did this contest in Switzerland, and I won it, and it just, like, felt crazy good. Now, I did this trick at the end where it was, like, a 270 lip slide, and I had never made it in all the practice and stuff, and I did it at the end of my run, and, like, the whole crowd kind of went fucking crazy, and just, like, just that energy was insane. The love from the people was insane. Yeah. Wow. That sounds crazy. Yeah. It was in Luzon, Switzerland. It was called the Grand Prix. And it was just like a rad event. And I was actually having a fucking super shitty time because I was just breaking up with my daughter's mom, like on that trip. Mm-hmm. Like we would just broken up, but we we're finishing the trip. And then that happened. So it was like, it was a crazy time. Yeah. Damn. A little uh, skate glory to forget about the, uh, the real world for a little <laughs> bit there. Yeah. It was, it was kind of, yeah, I needed it. All right, so we're going to go a little back in time here, travel through the uh, epic career. Came up in Ottawa skating with another Canadian legend, photographer Jody Morris. Yeah. Take us back to those days and then eventually moving to Vancouver. All right, yeah. Um, What's to say? I I grew up in Ottawa. My brother gave me a board. And I didn't really, like, um, I didn't really follow skating all that much. You know, like mags and videos and stuff so i just kind of kept to my neighborhood and just skated with my homies and then uh, and eventually i started skating downtown and then seeing all like the you know the rippers and stuff I actually didn't meet jody until he he moved away and he came back for a little bit and shot some photos and uh i met him uh randomly at some mini ramp he was there with some some of the local ottawa dudes Started skating downtown, and then I and my, someone in my neighborhood said there was like a, a mini ramp at like a boys and girls club. Yeah, and I was like, really? And it was winter, you know. So I went and checked it out. Started skating there, and then um, this dude Claude ended up coming in and kind of opening a shop there. Was building ramps and helping us out with boards and stuff. And then, and then I ended up moving out west. That's tight, yeah. So uh, a lot of people probably don't know, but a company called Cherry Bomb. Yeah turned you pro what's the story there and uh what made you decide to eventually move on right all right so i moved from vancouver to whistler because a bunch of my friends had done it and i was like shit i want to do that too and i saved some money and i moved out this girl i knew from ottawa like slightly had moved to whistler and then she came back to ottawa and we kind of flirted a bit and then i ended up like when i moved to whistler i ended up moving in with her and we were dating and uh she lived with this lady called Michelle McBurney, who was starting a company called Cherry Bombs, but it was like it was like bolts, actually for snowboarding, snowboard bolts. <laughs> what? They wanted what? to be like the shorties of snowboarding. Right. And then like, so I just moved into this house, like the Cherry Bombs house. And then uh, they ended up saying like, they're going to start making boards eventually. And then the girl I was dating was like, you know, Rick's actually a pretty good skater. And then uh, they're like, all right, you'll be our, we'll sponsor you. <laughs> Like, I think I was, like, skating some stairs in Whistler Village, and Michelle was like, oh, well, I'll sponsor you. And then uh, that was pretty sick because, like, right away, like, she, we went to, like, San Francisco. And I had never been to the States or anything like that, and she took me on the road, and she had some, connect- some connections there. And we went into Think 
and venture and all that and i met greg carroll and he gave me some trucks and some clothes like pants and stuff mm -hmm. and that was pretty awesome to get like free gear yeah. <laughs> that went on for a while and she put a board out pretty quick which to me was pretty weird always you know yeah like i was like really but you know whatever i was like kind of a sheltered dude from ottawa living in whistler riding for some local skateboard brand <laughs> yeah so it's like i think it happens all the time in small towns you know and then uh eventually i got hooked up by time bomb sick okay well they were doing uh i think they're doing it was like etnies or something they were giving me but pretty quick sheep was starting up remember sheep shoes do you guys know that no no that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of it. So Soltec had a shoe company called Sheep. You guys got to see the video. It's sick. It's called Life of Leisure. Mm -hmm. Like it was me, Brian Anderson, Serge Turdenowski, Chris San, I think, Mike Manzuri. It was sick. It was a rad team. But anyway, Etnies dudes were in town and they were starting a company and the team manager was like, hey, we want to put you on Sheep. And that was sick. And then I got on Sheep. And then uh, stuff with Cherry Bombs was like, eventually it was just sort of like, you could just tell it was just going to stay where it was in Whistler and be this thing. And then I was starting to get known sort of in established skate world. Right. And then uh, I just didn't, I just felt like I had to move on. It was so, just time? Yeah. It was time to, to move on. And Michelle was really bummed. She was like, thought it was going to be this lifelong thing. But um, I ended up quitting that and i ran into colin mckay and uh jody morris at the whistler bowl like i was skating they showed up to like shoot photos and skate at whistler and i was skating and then i had met colin a couple times in the city just cruising around in vancouver and i told him that i was trying to get on shorty skateboards oh can't go wrong yeah <laughs> this dude chris brown and kevin young they're kind of like rad snowboarders and uh they're like shorty's gonna start board company we're gonna get you on it and all that stuff it's kind of funny yeah Anyway, I talked to Colin about it, and he was just like, hey, if that doesn't work out, let me know. Which was like, to me, I thought, oh, cool, it'll help me get another sponsor. But then later I find out, he's like, actually, I want to get you on plan B. Ooh. Which to me was like, and it still is like just shock. Like, I can't believe that actually happened. That was insane. Mm -hmm. So that that's what happened. I was, like, I was riding for cherry bombs, and then they, um, and then pretty much right away I got on plan B, which is just like a, such a weird thing. I like, I got sponsored by plan B, living and skating in whistler which is just so <laughs> crazy. crazy and all they had at the time was just a snake run <laughs> just skating a snake run that's insane that's a casual uh, step up there going yeah. from cherry bombs to plan b uh that'll do it not bad yeah <laughs> you pulled the uh, very rare pro back to am back to pro move apparently i did yeah oh. <laughs> I was like, yo, if, if Plan B turned you pro, or sorry, just kept you on as a pro from Cherry Bombs, that would have been the most epic transition of all time. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure you were happy to go back to AM for that. No, yeah, it felt right. It felt right to go back to AM and um, kind of like build it up the way you're quote unquote supposed to. I really have a lot of respect for Michelle and Cherry Bombs and what they did for me for sure. But yeah, that was, I was really grateful for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. When Plan B comes knocking... You know what I'm saying? You got to say yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, you know, it's, yeah, it was crazy. I still don't get it, but whatever. It was crazy. They f they flew me to San Diego to, like, skate with the dudes. Oh, this is funny. It was between two people to get on to be amps for Plan B. It was me and this guy, Daniel Haney. Oh. And he was, like, this handrail chomper dude from Arkansas. 
<laughs> yeah. board slide master. Yeah. I went down there, had a good session. Like I was down there for a week and I got along well with Pat Chinita and Jeremy Ray. Kind of skate with them all the time. And then uh, this was after Mike Ternaski had passed away and his wife Mary was running the company. And then she just called me and said, we're going to put you on. It was crazy. So you beat him out? Yeah, I beat Haney out, yeah. Handrail, handrails don't always win then, eh? Hey, man, I was doing them too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I had that bulb stuff. His board slides couldn't uh, couldn't win the battle, eh? You had to take him out with the nose grinds and shit? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> and switch Benny Hanna's. <laughs> so then, yeah, okay, we know what happened with Plan B after that, right? Yeah, Plan B shut down. And then you ended up on Birdhouse. And you got on Birdhouse when they were already filming for the end. Take us behind the scenes yeah. on that because you didn't have a long time to film your part, right? That was crazy. Like, So they're like, we're at the end of our video. You should come down and try to see if you can film for it. And then I was like, yeah. So I flew down to, I guess, L.A. And uh, got picked up by Heath and Jeremy Klein at the airport. Sick. And then they were basically just like gave me the spiel about what they've been doing for the video with like their whole thing, which was like you know, driving their car through stuff and crazy film, a video made on film and, and sort of the whole process. And then uh, pretty much, and I actually, I knew, it's funny, it was a, a Whistler connection. The video was made by a guy named Jamie Mossberg, Mouse. His nickname was Mouse. And uh, the guy that was helping him make it, like second camera, was this dude, Evan Fien, that I knew from Whistler. He's like an old school snowboarder guy. So that was rad to like, I had like an ally with me. I wasn't just around these like new guys. Right, right. So that was sick. So I went down there for a th- probably a, a week, seven to eight days or something like that. And then it was just like Jeremy and Heath just like taking me to spots and like they knew where to go. And they're just like, jump down this, do this, do that. And they pretty much just were like, they could see like I was getting shit pretty quick and we would go to a couple spots a day and like, and they they just got all excited, you know, like, oh, let's get more clips for Rick or whatever. So it was sick. And it was rad. It was like a super productive week for me. And I was like, every day my legs were just destroyed. Like I couldn't walk, but then I just warm up and try tricks. And then uh, I think I almost feel like the last trick I filmed was this frontside flip off this gap that Jeremy had backside 360'd. But it was crazy because those dudes like, you know, how they like drive through shit yeah, yeah. in the video like that they do that without filming it like the whole time Jeez. they're just driving and they're like going into a parking lot and they would just go over the grass and through a bush <laughs> <laughs> into the parking lot <laughs> they just like lived it you know what i mean yeah. it wasn't like a, an act at all and then they wanted me to film a skit where i was like the waster where i'd just like eat candy bars like take a bite and then throw it out the window like just wasting stuff because yeah. they thought that was funny <laughs> and i remember i was like I I, can't, I don't want to do that. I I don't litter. I don't want to. I don't. I don't waste stuff. Yeah, I'm not waste. And they totally were just like side eye looking at me. Like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> they're kind of like, who is this geek? <laughs> but it was rad. We had a good time, and um, and like like I said, it was super productive. And then uh, and then they knew that I had enough to like put in the video. So Jamie Mossberg flew back with me to Vancouver, and then the intro of my part was you know like. It was supposedly me like flying to uh, California to film it, but really they filmed it me them flying to Canada to <laughs> Vancouver, and then they played it backwards or whatever. And then we filmed the intro where I look in the classifieds and stuff like that. We filmed all that like after I filmed the part, and then I f- I think the next three to f- five days I filmed a little bit in Vancouver with my friend Brad and Scott Pommier actually filmed one of my tricks. Sick. Yeah. That's fucking dope. Wow, so you filmed the video part in 10 days, eh? 
Pretty much, yeah. I wish I could do that now. Yeah. I wish I could film a video part in general. I wish I could do that ever. <laughs> yeah, <was> same here. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we talked about it a little bit in your favorite skate moment, but um, what were those European contest circuits like back then? Dude, they were so sick. We were just like a gang of skaters taking trains to all these European towns and just like getting like really amazing hotels and skating really fun parks and stuff and then still just going street skating out and like, you know, you're in... Yeah. Germany or something and just like cruising around and everybody was it was such a good vibe it was almost like the the, the skateboard competitive or whatever you want to call it like the dudes at these contests it was almost like there was like this one big band or like a, it was like a music festival that you were going around with because you're just like filling they were like filling arenas you know what I mean mm-hmm. it was crazy they just ate it up and then plus People were paying a ton of money for product over there because of all the importing and stuff. So skaters would bring tons of product and just sell it. And they would come up on all this money. And it's just like the best time. The only thing that's anything close to that now is like the the Copenhagen contest. Yeah, I was going to say. It seems like that. Yeah. That in like Tampa are the only thing that's close to how it used to be. And But it was like, seriously, I talked to Costa about that a lot. Just like how epic those days were. It was so fun. So how many stops were on those trips? It was probably like five at least. You know That's what I mean? amazing. Those videos were so fun to watch. Yeah. Fun to go to, man. I mean, it translates because everybody's having a good time and just ripping. Was everyone on the same team kind of thing? Like you said you were all traveling together on trains and stuff. Was it just like everyone wanted everyone to win and you guys were all like supporting each other? Oh, totally. It, there was no com- competition in the contest back then. You know, it's different. There was an era when a couple of dudes started doing contests i think they came over from brazil and they were just a little more like serious and they would like had trainers almost and that's where like we're like well this is a little different like because their their actually whole career in skating was making money off contests you know what i mean yeah because they didn't have like the big established industry in brazil and it was like their way to make a living and get out there and live it and i get it you know what i mean because it's true like they just they wanted to make a living skating and just be able to skate all the time and that's just that was their venue those are uh, epic videos. Look like a good time. Like hearing you tell the story, like you could kind of see it in the footage. Like it just looked like yeah. all the same dudes at all the contests and it's, you're all just making money. It's sick, dude. Like Ethan Fowler, I think he got second in one big contest and he was so stoked because <laughs> he's not a contest dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was rad. Everybody's like, what? That's so sick. Ethan got like podium <laughs> there was a long stretch of years when like you costin uh, a handful of other guys were consistently in like the top three if not top five yeah. of like so many contests when you're winning like making money so consistently on in contests all year do you start to just like factor that money into your yearly salary yeah you're just like okay i make this much a year but when i think about it i'm getting all this contest money too and but I, I never was like, I need to make another, you know, like 20 G's off contests to like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to do this or that. It was always just a bonus, you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. back then, the, the, the purses were not very big. Mm. Like, I think there was like six grand maybe back then, you know, was first place. Like, that was a good amount of money. Yeah. Whereas now it was like a hundred grand or more or something. Now it's insane. Yeah. 
I feel like the most I ever made at a contest was probably $10,000, which is so much money. It's a good yeah. chunk. But for some reason, it was a Vance contest, and I think and for some reason, they took taxes off in the States for that one. So I made like 7000 So I felt a little ripped off, but it was like free money, but I was still like, oh, you got ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> Bastards. Yeah. That's what it always felt like to me. It was like free money, which is crazy because I'm having a really good time and I just love skating and like those Euro ramps were just like, I just like getting air. <laughs> and that's what they were built for. So I was like, let's do it. Oh, trust me. I know what you're saying, man. I, I won one contest in my day. Oh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think I won a skateboard and $50. Yeah. <laughs> Free money, baby. Did they tax the 50 yeah. bucks? Yeah, it was like more like $43, but fuck it. My first contest that I won was in Ottawa in this town called Nepean, this like suburb. And I won this t-shirt that said spaz on it. And I like wore it forever. <laughs> <laughs> Manic Maddie was undoubtedly one of our favorites, something we watched over and over. How did you come up with the idea for that intro? That was all Fred. That was Fred. Yeah, he was just like, you're going to do this. <laughs> and he came up here, and he's like, you're going gonna to be like skating in the snow. <laughs> and uh, he came up, and then like we just kind of pieced it together and made it happen. I knew this guy that had... Uh... Actually, we didn't really know how we were going to do it. And I was, we went up to Whistler, and I was talking to my friend that lived there. And he was like, hey, I have a snowmobile and a truck. And we're like, cool, let's buy some wood and do it like that. And it just kind of organically happened. And it was, it was like, really fun, but it was super hard to get the wood out of there. We had to, like, drag it up this hill in the snow to get it back in the truck. We didn't want to leave it there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was like, you know, my feet were frozen and stuff. But it, it was super fun. I love watching that footage back with, like, flipping into the snow and stuff like that. The best. Yeah, we just did uh, an interview as the bunt for this uh, this site, Village Psychic, and Donovan picked that as one of his top five favorite Canadian skate moments. Ah, sick. The flips? Yeah, definitely Canadian. <laughs> Skating Thanks, in the snow, man. yeah. Because I think it came out like in the winter, didn't it, Manic Maddie? Uh, yeah, yeah, like in November or yeah, something. Yeah, and I remember just yeah. being inside stuck, couldn't skate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe set up some ramps in the snow. But <laughs> yeah. Didn't happen. Actually, you know what's crazy is a lot of people believed that that was true. That that's what we do? People are like, do you still train in the snow? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like ten, at least 10 people in my lifetime have actually, actually asked me that. I was like, what? No, it was just like a thing. It was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Because that's a thing. Like A lot of people like do not really go get geography or know anything about anywhere else. So they just think like Canada is that. Like It's mm -hmm. just this big piece of snow. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Always covered. <laughs> Minic Manny was the first video uh, I ever saw, actually. First skate video. Oh, sick. That's a good one, dude. Like, I'll oh. say it, that video is insanely good. The best. Still. So good. Yeah, TX <laughs> starts it off, and I just didn't even know what the tricks were called. I was just blown away. It was the first time I really, like, realized what you could do on a skateboard. I was like, oh, we're just, like, rolling down this hill. And then it was like, wait, switch flip back tail. No, no <laughs> clue what that was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rick and Eric, Costin and McCrank, as outsiders watching Minic Maddie, yeah, right. Like, it just seems like you guys skated a lot of the same spots. Yeah. I'm assuming you guys fed off each other's like gnarliness and energy. 
Yeah. What were those sessions like? What was it like filming two epic videos with Costin? Those were really good times. Yeah, that was awesome. We definitely fed off each other for sure. Like he, I, I had like the, I guess like the, the guts to just jump down shit, like since I was a kid. And then, so he fed off of that. I, I'm, I mean, I'm putting words in his mouth, but, and I fed off of like, this dude's like the best ever and I have to be better yeah. <laughs> to hang. So like, oh, he's like, oh, I'll just like, whatever. Like I'll backside nose blunt this for fun and, and then we'll try something. And then, and I'm just like, I, I've never done a backside nose blunt. So, but you kind of like in skating, you kind of like when you, when you, when you do it, I guess it's like you, uh, you got to learn how to do things right Mm-hmm. you know what i mean and like those times i like i learned through those guys like how to film a video part or something like that like i would have just like because i did a video part for um the plan b in the what was it called uh revolution and it was seriously just like cruising downtown with my friends and they were filming it and it wasn't trying new tricks it wasn't like trying to do anything crazy it was just we're just skating and that and I, and I learned through those especially manic Mahdi, like how to actually like you really got to work at it and you really got to push it and um especially when you're young so those those days were like pretty crazy for that and then eric of course had already had like you know he probably already had like six video parts under his belt by then yeah like 101 video and all that other stuff so it was like and his standards still are just so crazy high so it was a pleasure for us to watch those parts and uh it was also perfect how, like, your regs, he's goofy. Yeah. Well, you know, the crazy thing about that is, like, he would... I remember I did a frontside tailside kickflip fakie on a wooden ledge. And I, he didn't come skating. It was in Philly. It was in... Uh, yeah, right, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are in Philly, and he didn't come out that night. It was, like, night skating with Ty. And uh, I think Tim O'Connor was there and Pops. It was sick. And, uh, and I told him, I was like, dude, you would love this rail. It's like low and long, like good slope. And I was like, I did this. And then I could just see his like wheels turning and I told him what I did. And then the next day he went and filmed back tail kick for fakie and totally took me out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you bastard. Yeah, no, it was always sick though. It was like, you'd 50 something, then he no slide it. Like yeah. you gap to tail that rail in Japan. I think he did gap back lip. Like at least you didn't skate the same stance. Cause then <laughs> you'd then, be in trouble. Then yeah. the beef would have popped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's funny because I I tend to go frontside and he tends to go backside in general. I think backside's way cooler, so he'd always he'd always get the cooler clip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't trade that for the world though. That was insane. Like we definitely pushed each other, and like had we were having fun sessioning spots that were insane. So it was sick. So I don't know if you remember this spot, but there's a, a double kink rail is at uh, the University of Toronto. You did a bunch of tricks on it. Oh, yeah. In your yeah, right part. Yeah. We remember as little kids going to that spot after watching the video and just shaking our heads. <laughs> I think uh, your guys' destruction uh, led to them renovating the area. Really? So the rail's gone now. Oh, you killed oh, it. They had to take it out. They got rid yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes, I guess. <laughs> so how'd you do it, man? That spot is extremely hard to skate. Well, we were posted in Toronto. We had a crew, and we were, like, in the middle of filming for Yeah, Right. So we everybody was, like, you know, like, cranking. Mm-hmm. And 
we looked at that spot. I think Scott Pommier showed us that spot. But then we're like, actually, it needs Bondo. Yeah. And then, like, it, we left it at that. And then, like, in the middle of the night, Ty Evans went and Bondoed it all up. And the next day, he's like, dudes, I fixed the spot. Let's go skate it. Damn. <laughs> Man. Pressure. And then it was like, I don't really skate kink trails very much. So it was kind of scary for me. That's why you see me gapping out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, can, I think I can reach that end of there, so I'm gonna go faster and gap out. But um, it was it was really sick spot. Like there was like the first little rail, which was probably like eight stair or something, nine eight stair, mm-hmm. which had pretty good runway and time made it even better. And then it was just a sick idea to do a line to a th- from a rail to a kinked rail. And then Eric, I was probably jumping on the rail first because I was I just tend to do that. And then Eric was getting hyped. And then the the best thing was like Carol went to feeble it. No. Really? But Carol tried to feeble the kink rail and he actually like literally tore himself a new asshole. Oh, <laughs> he geez. did. Like he had to like go to the pharmacy and get stuff and like <laughs> oh, fix his new little his his new little asshole above his original asshole. <laughs> 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 Which was insane, but uh that was sick. Like Carol was actually just like going for it. And I was I did I think I did like a backside nose grind on the first rail and then one of my many tray flips on flat and then uh 50 th- through the kink and that was the scariest thing was like going through the kink but i don't know it just seemed like a rad spot and we were just there and no one kicked us out so fuck it mm-hmm. get clips back nose grind that rail is underrated as fuck like yeah. i went to university there so i i always walk around there and it, yeah. like every time i'm just like what the like the back nose grind's not crazier but it's crazy in itself yeah. as like just the f- trick to start a line yeah. You're nuts, bud. Or maybe that was a still or single and I 5 0 in. It was like, it was seriously like maybe 100 years ago. Something we'll never forget. Yeah, it's one of those spots where if you live in Toronto, like you shit your pants when you like look at it. But maybe if you see the video part, you're like, oh, it's like a gap to nose grind. It's gnarly. But like actually looking at that spot, Jesus. That that gap to nose grind was really scary. I, I kept like just hitting the knuckle, you know? Yeah. And it was like the end of the session with dead legs. You're gnarly, bruv. Oh shit, hold on Rick, one sec. I think we got a live report coming in from the streets. <laughs> Damn. Alright, thanks boys. Coming back to you live on a little road trip with a man I've known for a long time, Carlos Rivardo, <laughs> aka Charles Rivard, aka Chuck. How you doing, brother? I'm doing just fine. How are you, Wade? Good, man. I'm really good. So, um, like always, where are we? Who are we with? We're currently at Lunetta Pizza in New York City with a few Canadians and Dana. Hell yeah. We always do it. What's your favorite landing juice? Green Roners. Which is, to the people that don't know, Heineken. Ooh. I don't think that's been named yet. Special. Fancy. Fancy. <laughs> Must be an all-timers thing. Um, you've been in New York for a little bit now? Yeah. What are you doing here? What's up? Uh, I came out here originally for my friend's wedding and for skating, of course. Yeah, I got my own place and a girlfriend and stuff, so... Are you, are you ever heading back? Yes. <laughs> Amen. Montreal, I'm sure, misses you. and sure peace misses you. Um, anything you want to talk about? Any... Uh, any upcoming projects? We've seen a lot of projects you've been working on with Alzheimer's. That's it. Congrats on the hookup. That's a great company. Price is awesome. How's that been? I think we're all working on a video that should be coming out 
in mid-October, and if not, just been drawing, and I think we're working on maybe going to Japan or something. Yeah. Super dope. Fuck yeah. Well, anything you want to say to the people back home? I miss you guys. I'll see you guys at Peace Park. Save an octane for me. <laughs> Don't forget to follow Drinking Update. <laughs> Amen. Thanks, Chucky. Shout out, Peanut. <laughs> <laughs> My man. All right. Back to the boys at Studio E. Thanks for that turned-up report from the streets, eh? <laughs> Green Roners. <laughs> All right, back to the interview state. <laughs> back to yeah, right for a minute. You did the uh, kickflip down the set and then the uh, epic 50-50 to end your part. Yeah. Which uh, was gnarly as fuck, but then credits come around and you almost tail slid it. Yeah. How <laughs> how devastating was that? <laughs> that is seriously the trick that got away, dude. Like, not, not to come at you, but it's always been a pet peeve of mine when I see a last trick and then you see that they almost did something better that's like my whole video career dude i i go uh, so many times i was i wanted to do something better and i was sort of like i'm not the kind of guy that tries the trick i like do like four tricks to ease into it right yeah there's so many like it's hard for me to watch any video part because i'm like yeah i wanted to do this there not that and blah blah but uh yeah that tail side that that's the one that got away that one was like i was doing uh, my legs were blown and I was doing another line with a frontside half cab down the first set. Yeah. And then tail sliding it. And I actually I slid it. I would have I would have done it. But do you remember there was also like a tour video called Harsh Euro Barge? Oh, yeah. And then I jumped down and I blow my heel out. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the tail side. Oh. So I, I landed on one and like collapsed from just like G-force. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, shit, yes, I got this. And then like my legs were a little tired. And then I was like... I went to Ollie on and I felt it was just like a weak Ollie. And I was like, I better just abort. And then I just put my foot on the rail and I jumped as hard as I could and went all the way down and destroyed my heel. Couldn't skate for like two, three months. And I just didn't get the clip. I actually went back a few years later to try it. I was like, I'm going to do that. And I was like training here. I was like, skate park rails, just tail slide them, tail slide them, tail slide them. And then um, I knew I was going to Paris and then I went and then I just chickened out. And I ended up doing like this wall ride nollie to fakie on the 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 first set. That's like an eight or nine stair. Yeah, yeah, I and remember that. That's what I ended up just trying there anyway. Like, like I was too scared to jump on the rail that day. And that honestly, that wall ride is like one of the favorite my favorite things I've ever done. Yeah, that was in um, Special, right? Mm -hmm. I feel your pain on the tail slide round too. Sometimes it's scarier when the trick's built up in your head for so long. Yeah. Especially if you're flying to another country for it and you're thinking yeah. about it so much. Yeah. I don't work that way. I've never been able to be like, you know, some people have a list. They'd be like, these are the tricks I want to do. I can't do that. I got to go somewhere and it's got to be organic. I have to feel it. Otherwise, I'm just going to destroy myself. I don't know if I've ever really like planned a trick. Damn, yo. I'm a trickless guy. Yeah, maybe that's our problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They never come true, but they're they're fun to write. I've been super like fortunate because like I'm so lazy. Like <laughs> I don't plan tricks, and then like I never know where to skate, and just people are just like, well, "Take me skating." Yeah. Back in the day, like we'll just go take you somewhere, and <laughs> it's like, "Oh, cool! This perfect thing, awesome." <laughs> well, you you skated everything, manis, ledges, rails, tranny. It's yeah. probably easy for people to take you to spots. Yeah, less less manis than anything. Those are really hard for me. It's funny I could like five o a rail forever, but like holding a mani is a lot harder. 
I mean, in the past, I'm, I can't say I can do that now. I said that without thinking. <laughs> I just assumed, but now I'm trying to picture you do a Manny. I can't even picture one. Yeah, I had one in maybe one in, yeah, right? That was just kind of mediocre. 180 switch Manny? Yeah. Oh, my memory's still on point, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when Pretty Sweet came out, what's the story behind not having a part? Were you bummed? What happened there? That was two ankle surgeries during the filming. Yeah. And then I was more than bummed, yeah. Like I would I I thought I was going to have like two tricks and three maybe three tricks in a line and I had the one trick and I didn't know that and I was like it, it, it super bummed me out. I actually just like as soon as the credits ended, I just went to my hotel in LA and just like actually like shed a tear. I was just so sad that I didn't have the video part, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then just like didn't talk to anybody got my flight in the morning went home i was just like so sad and then i would have rather if i knew i was gonna have one trick i would rather had no tricks yeah so that one was hard because i you know you just want to shred with your homies and and be in the this project that says we just shredded yeah for sure (laughs) so yeah that was like that was heartbreaking for me and so yeah two ankle surgeries no part sucked but I, I feel like I was involved enough that I was on a lot of trips and I got to skate with a lot of homies and be there. Like, I went on a lot of trips when I was hurt and just hung out, which was amazing. Like, Sick. girls, like, I have more heart than anything for a girl just for, like, having my back for so long. So sick. Mm-hmm. They're the best. That's awesome. So you've had a skate shop in Vancouver for ages, anti-social. What's Mm -hmm. it like trying to balance a pro career and uh, owning a skate shop? I own the shop with Michelle Pazell, and she, it's like her shop. Like she, she does everything. So in the beginning few years, I was way more involved in like, I even actually worked some shifts there sometimes. So that was a little, it was cool because I really like learning something new and um, I really enjoyed that. But then like all the traveling and other stuff like michelle had to just like take the reins and run the shop you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so it's hard for to me like i co-own the shop with her we started together but uh it's hard for me to take much credit for what's going on at antisocial i mean i go there all the time but and then it's more like i give like input yeah you know like michelle is like the heart and soul of that place and like basically a huge part of vancouver skateboarding like she's insane <laughs> like she's gotten like so many skate parks built here and like saving places and things like that she's just like the, she's like the saint of skateboarding and then i think um i don't know if she gets enough credit for that oh that's tight shout yeah. out michelle you guys just released a shop video we haven't yep. seen it yet well it hasn't been released yet we just uh we just uh, premiered it so what can the people expect they can expect some uh radical skateboarding from some radical dudes it's a totally different video from the one we made before you know what mm-hmm. i mean because skateboarding's different so yeah and uh and y'all know like ben and tyler and fucking everybody <laughs> dustin like everybody even keith's in it you know <laughs> so you're gonna expect um just rad skating from those dudes and there's like an old what we call old guy section so it's like us, <laughs> a lot of the dudes from the original video, which is like 10 years ago, I think now. So, and that section's sick too. Like I, we, Trevor Dunnett went out and got a clip one day and it was so sick. 
because he doesn't have a chance to skate much. He's a dad now and he works full time. You know, like how it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how it goes. So yeah, it's like a good vibe. Like it's, a, it, I think Jake did an amazing job. Like it's just a really rad vibe. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jake kills it, man. Yeah. Really hyped to see that one. Can't wait. Yeah. I want to see it. I've only seen it once. But uh, you should probably kick Tyler Warren off because he's a bum still. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is where you put the gunshots. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Our own host dropping gunshots on previous guests, man. And never coming back. So uh, now you're the star of a TV show on Vice. Abandoned. Yep. You'll holler at us, Vice. But uh, my mom and sister are huge fans. They always tell me to record it, so I've been watching too. How's that coming along, and uh, where did the idea come from? So you're saying you wouldn't watch it until your mom and sister asked you to? I didn't even know it was on there, <laughs> and they let me know. All right, honestly, it is an escape show, so that's cool. I have a couple of friends here that are that we were talking about building, like making some kind of a show, and we were building an idea, and someone they knew in Toronto actually ended up working for Vice Viceland, which is the network, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Somebody at the network mentioned this this idea about like doing a show about dead malls. And the guy that's directing our show, Alex Craig, he had done that video that was in Nova Scotia with the Aspatogan. It was like that hotel that they took the abandoned over. Abandoned hotel, yeah. Yeah, so he made that with the dude who ended up working at Viceland. And then, so the Viceland dude was like, hey, actually, I know someone who could do a show like that and incorporate skateboarding in it too because i think they were thinking maybe more like aspatogan stuff mm-hmm. and then so they they so basically viceland approached us and then we said well we want to do it a little bit more like this a little more of a documentary show that sort of focuses on people and yeah. and a little less just like we're building ramps in ho- abandoned buildings so it came from there and then uh we sort of built a what they call a treatment, you know, like what a presentation of what we want to do. And then, um, they're like, yeah. And they're like super thirsty for content. So they're like, just go and shoot your show and make it. And, uh, so it ended up happening like that. And then we did it with Alex Craig who made that Espatogan video. And he actually, uh, like used to, he grew up in Scotland and would film John Rattray and made like Scottish video called him and bam. And like, he's been in skating forever. And then David Galloway is a producer, and he had a sick brand from here called The Village Green, which was, like, kind of 10 years ahead of its time. And I don't know, we just, a bunch of skaters made this show. And it's been a really sick experience, I think, for me. Yeah, what's your favorite place been? I remember one of my favorite ones is the the abandoned mall one. Yeah. Filled with, uh, it has the church inside, one of the old stores. yeah. Yeah, there's that like one was the, sick. what was it, like twenty three churches inside an old what? mall. It's crazy. It must yeah. be in the states. That yeah. was crazy. That was in uh, in Ohio. In Ohio. So, Ohio yeah. yeah, my favorite. So I have different. I know you guys do favorites, and I'm really bad at favorites. So I like my okay. I like think different things for different reasons. Like I like um, my favorite city that we went to is definitely St. Louis. Was that the schools one? schools yeah yeah the actual like the stuff to do in st louis is amazing like that's an epic city for skating and just like living it's pretty cool and then i really like i like going to newfoundland a lot too because i really like just like outdoor stuff so we were just like in the middle of nowhere in newfoundland for 10 days it was epic <laughs> and then new orleans was sick because we did a shit ton of skating in that episode new orleans yeah 
What's the pressure like to get an episode done for your show, Abandoned, versus filming and getting skate tricks and shooting photos? Man, they're way different pressures. The cool thing with the show is like we have a deadline and we have things we have to get done. So like you got to do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like in skating, like you can try a trick and bail it and just not get it. Like we had to get it. Like we, we had a certain amount of time somewhere and we had to get like this stuff covered. The sickest thing about the show is like we would be in one place for a few episodes. We would be in one place for like 10 days. And that never happens for me on skate trips. It's like two day trips, you know? So you get to know a place and then know people and like get a vibe, which I really liked. And then, so the big, yeah, that's a big difference is like in skating, you're like, usually you're always moving. And then and on the show, we get to like stay put and like really connect, which is really cool. Cause then you actually really learn a lot more about a place and you'll want to go back for more reasons. And then, um, the hard thing for me is just like, I'm an introvert and it's really hard for me to just talk to strangers. It's like, like I'm, I get so nervous. <laughs> so that that's pretty crazy. So it's a lot easier for me to just like jump down uh, some stairs than to go ask somebody like this heart-wrenching story yeah, <laughs> to yeah. tell me their story. <laughs> Honestly because there are there are similarities because like our whole crew were skaters. So like Dave Ehrenreich is like our main camera guy and he's he made like a uh, a video called Suplex. Do you ever see that one? Like Will Blakey, Blakely, and oh, like yeah, yeah, ben, yeah. ben Blundell, all those dudes. Like so, like and then this dude Dan Collison was filming with with us too, and he used to like team manage at Supra. Dudes was like, as soon as we're done shooting, they drop the cameras and just start skating, which is sick. That's yeah. amazing. Does it ever trip you out that you have uh, your own TV show now? Yeah, it's super weird, dude. Like he said, like your mom and your sister yeah. like it. You know what I mean? Like I like on I'm on Twitter and like the majority of people that hit me up are like middle-aged women <laughs> and just telling me how much they like the show. And then like dudes. And the crazy thing is, is like, I'd say maybe a third of the people are like full on Trump supporters, oh, <laughs> which God. is so crazy. It's just like a lot of them will just say nice things. And then I'll like, just click their profile and like, like, Whoa, they're just crazy, gnarly Trump dudes. <laughs> and then sometimes they will be like, Everybody has to watch your show. Look at the state of America today. Thanks, Obama. Oh, wow. I'm like, it's not what we're doing, but <laughs> people can people interpret things however they want to, even with like skate tricks and stuff and like, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. so that is really weird. Like this past week is the first time I've ever actually been noticed outside of skating and that was a little awkward. I'm That's cool crazy. with skaters. <laughs> it's probably going to start happening more and more. Our show is covers basically this there's this thing called urban exploration where people just go explore mm -hmm. abandoned places you know like and take photos and there's a whole subculture of that and uh all those, those guys are constantly hitting me up and i'm just like uh, i'm not really an herb xer i just i just you know skate <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's cool uh, it's i really like it but i'm also like i'm kind of a private dude so it's a little weird fair enough what's next for the legend of pain rick mccrank Legend of Pain. I like that because <laughs> I'm always in pain. <laughs> uh, look out for the new Boys of Summer video. I filmed two tricks yesterday. Sick. <laughs> yeah, those boys are in town right now. It's sick. What's next is, I don't know. I want to film a video part. I want to skate, dude. I've been skating a lot in the last two weeks because we've just wrapped the show. Mm -hmm. And I'll say I sat on my ass for a year and like got out of shape like doing the TV show. So, um I really want to just film skating. And so I'm going to try to do that. And we're developing ideas for the future and television stuff too. But right now I want to, 
I just want to skate. Hell yeah. Um, hey, that sounds good to us and all your skate yeah. fans out there. Yeah, like I said, I'm older, so it's harder. I'll go skate and like skate all day. I skate, still skate pretty hard, I think, but I'll have to take a day off afterwards now. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Y'all know what time it is. <laughs> yeah, we got the ghost in the building. We got the one and only Rick McCrank still. It's about to be some shots fired, eh? Actually, Rick's too nice. I don't even know. I don't know if I can shoot shots, man. I don't, I don't play with guns. <laughs> All right, you ready? Let's get it. All right. Favorite skater? Mark Gonzalez. Favorite video? Mm, I'm going to say mouse. Favorite video part? Jason Dill Photosynthesis. Favorite trick? It's weird. No slide to fakie in Hastings Bowl. It feels so good for me. Hardest trick for you? Switch varial heel. Not gonna happen. Most illegal trick? It's the nollie version of that. Nollie varial heel. <laughs> I can agree. Right? Has anybody ever done that good? Unless you're Antoine Dixon. But you're gonna yeah. say yeah. Yo, yeah, he gets a pass. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite artist? I can't answer that. I'll just say that I listened to Leonard Cohen last night. Go-to song right now. M.I.A. Go Off. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? All right. It might be that wall ride, Nolly to Fakey. I don't know why, but there's like a feeling that comes from it. You know what I mean? Like for me, it's like everything has to do with feeling. So I'm just going to say that. Yeah. There's something about that that just felt rad. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? A couple of them are Malto. One is when he did that gap to nose grind off that slanted he had a cover doing it that was crazy crazy that was huge like i was like that was like that my favorite thing he's ever done he had to push as fast as he possibly could to get up that thing and then get way out to do that and then the funny thing i don't even think this was filmed like elijah burrow got so psyched he did it he ran from the bottom of the bank threw his board down and tried to board slide it and sacked it so bad <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah Holy shit. and if elijah couldn't get on a board slide all right that was gnarly and then that over crook he did malto did oh in the intro that really big one in the intro or whatever yeah that was insane because it was like the end of a really long session he had grinded it a bunch and then he ended up actually going to the hospital that day because his whole body was cramping up really like it was Exhaustion. super scary. Like his chest was cramping. It was like maybe a good hour of him like not even being able to move and like us trying to like squeeze his muscles and help him and like he was in a bad state. Yeah, it was like super scary. So that was pretty insane because he took some weird bails too. And then I don't know, there's other shit, you know, like I was there when Bob did the loop switch and that was pretty crazy. Jesus. <laughs> there's a couple, of couple people that already got sent to the hospital, you know what I mean? <laughs> And it was raining. So wow. that that's crazy. Landing juice of choice. Tap water. What's the worst bunt of your career? I was like a cereal bunter for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I tried to front... I don't know how many stairs this was. I, be, I think like Antoine did some tricks. There's these... I don't know. But there's this giant set of stairs. And for some reason, I thought I could frontside half cab them. And I really couldn't. And... Uh, <laughs> 
the one time I tried to land, I just like, I landed and then like my whole body folded in half and I almost like hit my face on my shins. Oh my God. And yeah, th- that was probably like the biggest kind of like, who are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> that feeling of who are you kidding? That's like yeah. bunting right there. It's a perfect way to describe it. What's the one trick that got away? I got to say that tail slide in Paris, man. That's the one that I like. I I even think now I could probably go back and do it if I just did it first try, and I want to. You know, that's the one where you're like, I want to yeah. go back. Yeah, yeah, still yeah. want so it. I'd yeah. say that. To, yeah, I, I do, man. The fucking thing. Because <laughs> I know, like, I fiftyed it, like warming up. That was that line with the fifty. I was warming up to try like a, another trick, which is what I always do, and I always get worn out, and I don't get the trick. Who's your guilty pleasure skater? There's this dude from here. He's called Andy Anderson, I think. Yeah. And he's a free he's like a freestyle skater. But he skates tranny and other stuff. He's probably gonna hear this, but I I like lurk on his Instagram. Favorite local brand? Club gear. Dave did it here, yo. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite local skater. Landon Abramov, Land One, represent. Favorite teammate ever. That one's easy because it's, it's Rick Howard, dude. He's my brother. Yeah. Like, I, I got on a company, a team, and then I gained, like, a brother. Worst company. Red Bull. Worst trend. Trends in general. You know what I mean? Do your own thing. Worst style. Can I say myself? No. <laughs> All right, I haven't seen you skate. No. Oh! <laughs> I like that. <laughs> oh, hell no. You were using that. Oh, pop, pop, pop. <laughs> I say it was. Oh, shit. Last person you want on the sesh. Bobby Warrest. <laughs> Why? Because I was on tour with this dude so many times. We'd film until like 3 in the morning, and then we were taking down the lights. Every time, he'd be like, yo, I want to try a trick now. Oh, he waits to the end. <laughs> At the end of the session, and then on the way to a spot, he's like, this was like Estes. So he'd be like, on the way to a demo, on the way to a store or whatever, or like skate a session, and he'd be like, I have to go and get boxers. Like this to like he did this so many times and Scuba would just be like okay Bobby, so this was with love but Bobby just for keeping me up all night so many but you know what he would always get the trick yeah sick it would take him a while but it would, and that was to be the worst thing because it would take him a long time yeah. <laughs> He'd be like all right now it's six in the morning Fuck. come on dude all right yo thank you so much Rick that's gonna wrap it up thank you and. Oh, man. Uh, hoping to see uh, a new part soon i hope all three of us can film a new part yeah maybe we'll get a little project of our own little three-way thing right yeah <laughs> well isn't it like uh isn't it easier to film a part now uh yeah i just learned how to slappy uh two days ago actually it's true i'm so. not so good at those getting safe is getting trendy i don't know but it's like this like people just want to see you skate right they just like That's skate how you now, skate, yeah. You skate yeah so i might try that why not? I mean, yeah, I'd be down for a three-way part, but I don't think Rick wants my shitty style in there. Whoa, I don't know. We'll have to see. What? <laughs> <laughs> He's trading in the switch trays for the slappies. You can have the part before mine. And you finish <laughs> it off? Donovan will open it. You'll have the middle. <laughs> and I'll finish it. If I get an ender. Sounds good. All right. Thank you so much, Rick. That was awesome. All right, fellas. Thank you.
All right, it's hard to follow up an interview with Rick McCrank, but we're going to try our best with the post office, you know? You've got mail. First one coming in from Dapper Dan. Oh, yes, Bredgens. Podcast is dope. Always waiting for the next one. Keep it up. Where can I get access to the beats? And when can we get some Palace Cats on the cast? Stay fresh. Well, I mean, we already had Jamal Smith featured on In the Streets with Wade Desarmo, but we'd love to get a full interview with Mr. Tornado Spin. You know, see what's ailing his regular tray flips. I see he's got the switch ones on lock. As far as the music goes, for any questions or comments, holler at coolcreative.info at gmail.com, and he'll be happy to answer all your questions. He keeps the pod fire with them beats. Shouts to you, Ants. That's uh, KWU Creative. Holla at him, dog. All right, next up, we got an email from Anthony Serafis. It's a three-parter. When is Will Marshall going to be on the show? Well, this man is a heavy commenter on our Instagram, on our Facebook, always asking for Will Marsh. So hopefully Will's listening to this, you know, put some pressure on him. Let's do it, Willie. Anthony, you're starting to come off a little uh, stalkerish still. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Will, Will's down to be on the show. Just he doesn't want to force it. It's going to happen organically. So don't hold your breath. You know, maybe we'll get it in the streets with them first, you know, warm up the little guy. Woo. But uh, <laughs> Billy. We going to make it happen one of these days. All right. Number two, give the boy the young shout out. Mm, that's going to be a no. <laughs> yeah. His Instagram is at beep. Like I said, no free shout outs around here, dog. Number three, why is the nine club show so trash? Uh, we going to leave that one up to the people to decide. You know, we uh, we doing our thing over here. It's a little bit different from what they got going on over there, but uh no beef from us, you know? Maybe if Chris Roberts wants to hop on the pod, slide him in. Hey, it's all love in the podcast game. I look at it this way. You look at sports, type in basketball, type in any sport, type in any topic on iTunes. There's 10 billion podcasts for every damn topic out there, man. Like, ain't no beef out here. There's plenty of room. All you're, all we're doing is talking. That's all it is. So, you know what I'm saying? They do what they do. If that's your opinion, that's cool. We do. We going to keep doing what we do. You feel me? Nine Club shouts, Chris Roberts, holler at your boy. All right. Next up, we got an email from FatCat45. To say but consider J-Rock from Trailer Park Boys an influential figure in his life, or is that an image that all Canadians aspire to be? That's from Chris Porter. I mean, I don't aspire to be J-Rock, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> saying. But I definitely got mad love for Trailer Park Boys, got mad love for J-Rock, ROC, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we hard as fuck straight up representing Sunnyvale Trailer Park. You know what I'm saying? Album coming soon. The Ghost, ROC. Same. And I'm on crack too. <laughs> Keep shooting. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, no. Nah, I don't know about the rest of Canadians, but ROC is loved around here in Studio E for show. You know what I'm saying? Everybody walking on the face of the earth trying to judge a J Rock. You know what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? But I ain't shook because motherfuckers try to take me out and stuff, but they can't, right? Know what I'm saying? You're saying, know what I'm saying? Too many times, 80 or 90 times. That's too many times. Once or twice is cool, but 80 or 90 times, man. What are you from the department of know what I'm saying? Believe it or not, some people think I'm gonna make it in this rap game. You know what I'm saying? Alright, next up we got an email from Andrew Cunningham. What's up from Portland, Oregon? Love the podcast. Best shit out for sure. Who's your guy's favorite Oregon skater? I'm claiming Matt Beach and Silas Baxter Neal. You guys rule. Late. Well, 
you took the two, you know, go-to guys. So you don't have to think outside the box here. Who you got, Dono? Mm, he definitely did. Salas Baxter Neal is obviously go-to choice. But I'm a, uh, I'm a go with the Madcap Tyler Bledsoe. His part in Minefield was pretty prime time, so uh, that's my vote. Good pick, good pick, Mr. Backside himself. I'm gonna go with uh, Josh Matthews. Still, you know what I'm saying? Ever since, ever since the Think video, business as usual, and I think he had a part for S before that. You know what I'm saying? He's got dope trick selection, and uh, he's got blessed ass style. So that's what, that's who we gonna run with: Tyler Bledsoe and Josh Matthews. Shouts to Portland, Oregon. Turn up. All right, last email for today is uh, from Patrick Cady, a member of the Bunt Fantasy Football League. Hey, Seifa and Dono, just responding to you guys calling me out in the Brian Delaney episode. It's all love, Patty. Seifa is right. I don't have any football skills, but I'm hoping my fantasy team can turn things around next week. My question for the post office is, what do you think of all the 90s brands coming back? Huff doing Metropolitan, Josh Hill with Menace, Sal Barbier reissuing Aesthetics decks, Ghetto Child starting up again. Not too hyped on this trend myself, but interested in hearing your perspective. Hyped on the show and hope you all have a good week. Ain't going to be a good one for you, bro. It's took another L in the Fantasy Football League. Yes. So for those who don't know, Patrick's the listener who joined our Fantasy Football League. So we've never met him, but he's a listener out of California. So we got mad love. I'd love Patty. Unfortunately, Donald just blessed him this week and he's coming up against me <laughs> next week. So might get blessed by both of us back to back. Best of luck next week, dog. But to answer your question. I honestly think that it's uh, it's a small brands game right now. Definitely in making boards and clothes like the shoes are definitely run by the big names, but it's anyone's money to get out there. Realistically, if you look at all the brands doing well, none of them are uh, are the big pillar brands we've seen for a long time. Hey, man, there's brands popping up left, right, and center. If you're lucky enough to hit, you could be the next Polar or Quasi. Personally, I don't mind the trend. Ghetto Child, huge fan when I was younger. Cool to see them back. And you know what? Everyone's just trying to make a dollar. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But uh, I got no problem with people trying to bring back stuff that was, you know, had its glory at one time. All right. That's going to wrap up the post office. Thank you guys for all the questions. Patty, watch yourself. Jamal Charles is back next week. Tyler Eifert. <laughs> Shit's about to pop off. I'm coming up. I'm coming off 161 points to Wade's measly 60 or 70 or whatever. You caught me at the wrong time, Daggy. Let's get it. Yo, hey, <laughs> they already know. The Rundown, baby. The skateboarding world source for sports still. Uh, we got a special guest right here. You know what I'm saying? All the way from Miami. We flew him in on the Bunts. Huge budget. Because we had to get that expert opinion. You feel me? Uh, now, Nick Katz, that's our guest. He wanted to talk about the debate and, you know what I'm saying, mass shootings and crazy shit. But, Yanigi, this is a skateboarding and sports show. We ain't getting political. You feel me? It's because I'm smart. <laughs> Say what's up to the people. Yo, 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 what's up, what's up? Thank Did you, you for having me. Did you say because you're smart? Yes, that was Why a Why would you bring those topics to a, a sport and skateboarding podcast, dog? Come on. Let's hit the NFL. That's <laughs> about as American we're getting around here. All right, yo, week five recap. We got Arizona versus uh, San Francisco, 33-21. to 21. It was kind of a sleeper game, don't they, that trife? Uh, but, yo, our boy David Johnson 
popping? Is he the best in the league at running back? What's really good? I would have to say yes. Based on the Johnson. based on the numbers alone, the numbers speak for themselves. Absolutely, best running back in the game right now, Man, which is horrible because he wasn't even ranked in the top ten of for fantasy, I believe. Yeah, he was definitely up there. It was like one, two, three. Him, Bell, Gurley, David Johnson. Man, four hundred fifty-seven yards, five games, five touchdowns. Stack on another two hundred and thirty-eight receiving. I wish I drafted him, man. That's my biggest fault this year. Fucked up. I got Gurley in my league. Oh. Did not get the main man himself. Yo. So I'm, I'm kind of crying myself to sleep every single night. I read a funny it. quote on Twitter yesterday. It was, uh, having Todd Gurley is like having a Ferrari in traffic. <laughs> You're dust, bro. <laughs> I, I agree. I totally agree with that. He's been straight trash. But you know what? I'm really impressed with what they've been able to do with the Rams, bringing them to L.A. I mean, their record is pretty strong considering they were the worst team in the NFL last year. They still are the worst team in the NFL. I just don't, That defense is getting it done. Eventually, this whole facade with Case Keenum at quarterback is going to come crashing down. I mean, we saw Buffalo put a little beating on him last night. The show's going to be over for Jeff Fisher soon, man. I can't believe this guy's still sticking around. It makes me sick. Safe has nothing to say. Safe, you had a homie in this game that went off, led you to your second career fantasy win. Don't you want to talk about your boy? Oh, yeah. Hey, you had yo, two guys in this game. Thursday night, you know what I'm saying, was a big night. Told you last week, I took on Wade D. This week, you know what I'm saying, David versus Goliath. Wade 4-0. The ghost last place at 1-3. <laughs> And you know what I'm saying? Thursday came around and it was old man Fitzy and Carlos Hyde on the other side. And what do you know? Combined for 37 points, baby. Never look back. That was a risky play. I told Safer to sit Fitzgerald because I didn't like uh, the fact that Drew Stan was out there throwing the ball. But Fitzy's got about as sure as hands as there are in the league and corralled two touchdowns. And then you got Carlos Hyde, the garbage man. He's always getting it done. The garbage man can. Yo, shouts to Russ Milligan. Ran into him at Dunbat. You know what I'm saying? He was just session. I was session. I was like, oh, yo, yo, yo. Quick question. Should I play Giovanni Bernard, Donde La Sheet? Or Larry Fitzgerald, Donde La Legend? <laughs> oh, my God. Don't he, ever play Giovanni <laughs> Bernard. He's waiting yeah, for me Shouts to, to Russ. He told me to roll the dice on Fitzy. Played Always the man, go Fitzy TDs, in that situation. 20 points. Hell yeah. Enough respect, Russ. Can't wait to, to get you in the league next year. You feel me? Next up, we got New England versus the Browns. You know what I'm saying? A quick walk in the park for uh, the veteran squad. It's like the Spurs versus the 76ers out here still. A little 33-13, to 13, yo. Tom Brady's return. Some might call it a touchdown buffet. <laughs> What'd you guys think? Man, I, I didn't think nothing. I knew this was coming. I've been talking about this since, when, since we started this podcast, man. Tom Brady, 406 yards passing, three total TDs. You got to cheese me and throw him to that dusty bastard Bennett. But if no one's going to cover him, what you going to do? Yeah, but we got to talk about Bennett. Yeah, talk about him. I just, well, I'm watching the highlights right now. I missed the games yesterday, but he was wide open on everything. It just looked like Gronk was doing all the hard work, and this bum from Chicago is reaping the rewards. Look, Bennett's been able to come into that system and become a straight up threat. I mean, Gronkowski really needs to step up, and I think that's going to happen in the upcoming weeks with Tom Brady coming back. That's ludicrous. The what legend. are you talking about? Step up. He's getting all the yards, doing all the hard work. Well, we're talking pretty much only last game. 
because uh yeah he's been hurt the whole season yeah and the first but bennett ain't doing no hard work man bennett hasn't made Yo, a pop get out of here the first two games of the season he was straight beast mode I'm gonna stiff, bring up these stats stiff right arming now. people, jumping over motherfuckers. Bennett's gonna slide into that Aaron Hernandez role where he's just gonna he's gonna get the little leftovers, you know. We call him the bag fries from uh, <laughs> Rob Gronkowski. That's what Bennett's gonna eat on a couple touchdowns, but he's mostly out there for blocking. I we mean, know the passes are going to the Gronk. Look, we're all excited about you know seeing Brady and Gronk connect again on the field. Oof, it's gonna be amazing. How sweet it is. There's no player like Rob Gronkowski in the NFL. He's a completely incredible player, unlike anybody else, with that arm sling. It's a generational talent, if I might say so myself. Absolutely. Well, it's just great to have Tom Brady back. I mean, I, we could go on about this. Safe oh. still missed the fucking game, showing the man disrespect. But uh, I got New England's defense on my team. That's not enough incentive to watch them. But It's also nice to see Giselle Bunchin tweeting again. And what's she saying? <laughs> I don't know, just rooting for her man, saying oh. outlandish shit. And she voting, was the best. And voting for Donald Trump. She's got respect. Everyone's got respect for Tom. Yeah, B. Listening to you talk about Tom Brady reminds me of me talking about Kobe. It's kind of disgusting. <laughs> it's vomitrocious. What? <laughs> well, nobody rides the D of any professional player more yeah. than you ride the D of Kobe Bryant. I'm, see, I'm starting to see a close second. Donald and Tom. All right, next up, Atlanta took on Denver. A little 23-16 thing. Is ATL the real deal? Freeman and Coleman take down the once undefeated Broncos. <laughs> Are we hopping on this bandwagon or what? Not really. I'm not the biggest fan of Matt Ryan. Oof. Amen but, to that. But Freeman is a straight beast coming from FSU. Dude, the guy is amazing. He has really come into his own as a lead running back in this league. And I think he's going to continue to shine for many, many years. So he's really making Matt Ryan look spectacular. But last week's game kind of showed the bright spots of Matt Ryan's game with his ability to throw those long distance touchdowns to the highest paid player in the NFL. He's showing mad versatility Julio. last game using Julio for over 300 yards. This game, going back and forth with the law firm, Freeman and Coleman. They exposed the Denver Broncos uh, defense there. You can beat them with the short passes in the slot. Find your running backs open in space. You're not going to beat them with the long ball. As we saw, Aqib Tlaib was, he blanketed Julio Jones. And after a 300-yard game last week, I think he was held to 32 yards this week. So there's the blueprint. The Broncos can be beaten and at home, but I still ain't fucking with the Falcons because I do not trust Matt Ryan. Me neither. Got a couple <laughs> quick hits here. Carson Wentz, first loss. Took him on, you know, Wade started him because Cam Newton went down and, you know what I'm saying, the man just couldn't come through. What do you think? I seem to think that, like, the Eagles really get lucky with these kind of scrub quarterbacks that they bring on. Oh, shit. You, you, you fucked up. Look, Wentz, nobody expected him to be this good, and he's proved himself to be truly amazing mm -hmm. at the quarterback position. Same thing happened a couple years ago with uh, Nick Foles. Mm. I mean, they, they go on these runs, but it seems to be like they don't have much longevity when it comes to the end of the season, and that has to do with uh, kind of their, their offense. In, in general so we'll see what happens i think they're gonna get some more bright spots this season but ultimately i don't see philly going that far you see i see it a different way i think doug peterson the coach has definitely been able to uh implement a system that works for a rookie quarterback i mean up until like i think it was four days before the start of the season he wasn't even supposed to be the starting quarterback when they still had sam bradford before he was traded so he's been able to step up into the spotlight 
started 3-0, went into the bye week, had some cupcake matchups. But uh, what happened, I think, this week was, as opposed to the other weeks, they, they went down early. I think they were down like 14-0, maybe even 21-0. So they had it. It was comeback time, and that really puts the stress on a rookie quarterback. You don't really get to play your game when you're playing catch-up. But the first thing, threw his first interception this week. I mean, threw over 150 passes without an interception in the NFL. It's a hell of a good start for me, protecting the ball and not turning it over. I think it's going to be a good career. All right, next up, Tannehill. Is he the worst in the league? Yes, my my subject. Look, down in Miami, <laughs> there's nothing worse than watching the Miami Dolphins. It's gotta be. 16 years of straight trash play <laughs> has, has literally depressed the entire city. Thank God for the big three coming in for four years to give us some sort of uh, sports hope. I mean, between Jose Fernandez passing uh, away, us losing everybody on the big three this year, and then having to deal with the fact that we have the Dolphins still again with Ryan Tannehill at the helm is completely depressing for all Miami fans. Until Steven Ross decides that he's going to put the hands of the team in somebody else but himself because he's a complete retard, <laughs> um, the Dolphins are going to continue to be bad. Ryan Tannehill is not the right fit for our team. No. We have true weapons um, on the offensive line and on our defense. We got Cameron Wake. We got Indomitian Sue. Indomitian. We're really doing it big in terms of the players that we have, and we're spending a lot of money. But to give this idiot an extension after he's proven himself to be literally the worst quarterback in the NFL year in and year out is completely ludicrous, and we need to get rid of him. The consensus in Miami is literally put anybody in other than Tannehill. The guy made Marcus Mariota look like an MVP candidate. What the hell is going on? The in system Miami? is fucked, man. Like they do not protect them. They expect them to make throws all game. It's definitely not going to work. And you guys are fucked, man. You guys paid him seventy-seven million dollars, and he ain't done nothing. He, like, it's it's unreal. he's never Steven done. Stephen Ross. Stephen Ross needs to get his head out of his ass and do something about they it. They traded away. I, I would take any quarterback, third string quarterbacks. I would take over Ryan Tannehill. Mm -hmm. The guy just doesn't fit in our system. He needs to move. I think the system needs to be totally turned around in general we're supposed to have the quarterback whisperer and we have nobody so brian Tannehill, go take your talents somewhere else <laughs> to, to there's, there's no other league for him to go to so he's just gonna lose his job he could be like a, a practice squad thing let's a trade 70 for million Jam dollar practice squad <laughs> let's thing. let's trade for Jameis winston please i'll never have, at least you got a couple other teams in florida all right next up dak prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, how far can they go? Hey, he started the season four and one, them Cowboys. And I think uh, he finally found himself a quarterback. He's proven he doesn't turn the ball over. No interceptions through five games. Zeke is just killing it. A couple hundred yard games in a row. The best offensive line in the league. I mean, if their defense can just hold on a bit and not get blown out, they're going to win the division. Look, we're talking about America's team here. This is Jerry <laughs> Jones's literal his baby. Baby them to be this bad for so long and to finally have bright season ahead of them is really good for the cowboys this kid ezekiel elliott is proving himself to literally be the steal of the draft he's amazing he's putting in work he's got the perfect body for the position he's strong he's young he's only going to get better and jerry jones finally came through in the clutch with a nice pick it's hard to call someone a steal when they're like fourth overall but 
he they it's just like it was a perfect fit for him people didn't think he would drop the fourth but to slide him in there they needed a running back they saw how easy it was with demarco murray and then they let him go which i think they definitely regretted and jerry pro probably tried to get him back but yeah man it's too easy for zeke there he's running through big holes they're gonna go far all right yo next up brock osweiler you know what i'm saying in my young football fandom i gotta say i can't stand this fool i got deandre hopkins as my number one pick and he's been a dud and a half what do you guys think about brock osweiler is that 72 million wasted i think that 72 million dollars is completely wasted <laughs> uh but similar you know to miami but at the end of the day i would totally take brock osweiler in miami over ryan Tannehill. yeah i would take my grandmother over ryan Tannehill. man brock osweiler 18 <laughs> for 42 this week that is absolutely atrocious but the the number that sticks out to me is the 42 like if you know your quarterback's playing this bad and he's not been getting it done all year. You have two great wide receivers. How are you going to ask the guy to throw it 42 times? Right. You have Lamar Miller, a workhorse back. He can run the ball first, second, and third down. And you're asking Osweiler to do all that? That's your problem right there. It's the coach, man. It's not Brock. Well, look, Brock Osweiler got that contract because he had some few bright spots last year playing for the Broncos. Okay, but what did he do in Denver that made them think he could throw the ball 42 times? nothing but when you have a team bingo when, look the team is what the team is down there in texas you you got straight trash <laughs> no they have a good defense they have two great wideouts and an rb1 but they seem to want to overuse the wideouts but what's like, up with Clowney? how's he doing i haven't he's even been remember. playing that you haven't heard him doing too too great losing jj watt killed him obviously but absolutely uh, cushing That's came back just like they're not using him correctly all right sliding over to the nba I mean, news over there is drier than our inbox, but we'll try and figure something out. I think uh, Dwayne Wade had some uh, comments on LeBron. Uh, the best thing that LeBron can do is uh, tie Jordan's legacy. I know Save is going to have a lot to say here. I don't even have that much to say. Dwayne Wade, I mean, I don't even think LeBron can tie it because when you already have four finals losses, you know what I'm saying, on your record, and Jordan's a clean six for six, he'd have to win four more championships to even be in the realm he'd have to have more championships than jordan with seven also and even then i don't think that's a tie six for six no game sevens ever yeah but this is a stupid story that the espn guys are just digging for something to talk about 15 days short of the new mm -hmm. season i mean look Dwayne wade is a chicago native obviously grew up watching mj mj is the goat in terms of all these guys that came into the league together so i mean even though him and lebron are best friends it is what it is you guys both have to have idols that you look up to and being from chicago and more recently being traded to chicago what do you expect the guy to say also it is the truth i don't think <laughs> yeah. that i don't think that uh, lebron james will ever be able to tie the impact that michael jordan's made on the league moving on but <laughs> just know to all the basketball people out there, the season is like 16 days or 15 days away from tip-off. And you know what I'm saying? We're going to be going NBA heavy coming real soon. Well, uh, one more thing. Let's get some on uh, wax. We haven't done this in a while. J.R. Smith, man, still no, still no contract there in Cleveland. Rumor swirling he might slide over to Boston. What do you guys think on wax? Yeah, I'm cheesed right Woo! now. First of all, I'm a huge J.R. Smith fan. And one of the only silver linings to the Cavs winning the championship, just like when Birdman won one, is that, you know, a player that I've loved forever got a ring. Not on the team that I love, but 
I'm a, I'm a JR Swish kind of guy. I'm happy for him. He's hilarious. Shirt off all summer. And they ain't putting no goddamn respect on his name. Yo, he should go back to New York or he should go to the Celtics. Look, when I think when I think of JR Smith, I just think of bombing threes yeah. from every which angle. Yo, his YouTube song is the best thing to ever hit the internet. He's a deep ball threat like Big Ben. Look, yo, me? man. You're trying to Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I think here. honestly, I think that the Celtics have one of the biggest upsides in the NBA right now in terms of the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. And if he if he were to go over there, you know, with the young core and the coach that they have, he would definitely add to their kind of NBA prowess and get yeah. them probably a seed or two ahead of where they're projected to go this year. So they have a good looking please, team already. Please, JR. Bless. Yeah. Bless the Celtics with you. Fuck this shit. LeBron's going to get his boy back. He needs him. He needs him if we go and fuck with the Warriors. So. Yeah, but you have to realize that it's completely out of the hands of all these guys. This no, is a, this is it's a, completely in LeBron's hands. Nah, this is yeah. agents talking yeah. to Here, agents. Oh, man. Yeah, LeBron is talking to all the agents, man. LeBron would have had more leverage to get JR signed if he didn't already sign his deal. But you couldn't not. I understand that. I'm not blaming LeBron. I'm just saying if he hadn't signed a deal, you know what I'm saying? He would have more leverage on the yeah, but you management. have but you have James Jones resigning. You have <laughs> they just signed Tony yes. Douglas. Tony like, Douglas. They're putting no, they want to offer Jr. Smith ten to eleven veteran a year, 10, 11 million a year. Yeah, Jr. wants fifteen. They need to meet somewhere in the middle. I would love for nothing more than to see Jr. on the Celtics take He's out the take hater. out the Cavs in the playoffs and make them regret <laughs> not resigning the boss. Look, Woo! look! congratulations right. to the Toronto yep. Blue Jays. We never really talk baseball, you know, but when it comes to October, even got us watching some games. So we definitely got to shout out Edwin hitting big homers all summer. You know, not just those easy ones. He's hitting important ones. Took out the Orioles. Ain't got no homies down there in Boston to feel bad for. So suckers, you got played. I'm putting it on wax. Yeah. You guys are going to win. The World Series this year. Cut that out. We don't want no jinx, yo. <laughs> and then made quick work of them Texas Rangers, man. Odor, bro. You ain't a real one. You making errors in extra innings with the game on the line. We got our MVP sliding into home head first. It's just easy. Now we just waiting on who's next, bro. So wrap us a fact out here. Let's go, Jays. Also, shouts to Nick. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate the time. Thank you, Gotta come down and catch some heat games, you feel me? Young Winslow. Yo, I got new seats this year. You better come down and enjoy them. For sure. For everyone down there in the Florida area, our main man is opening up a skate shop coming soon. Keep your eyes peeled for Andrew Skate Shop. Hell yeah. Can we get a box? Of course you can. (laughs) (laughs) And a major shout out to Rick McCrank. Thank you so much for doing the interview. That's going to wrap up this week's episode. Catch y'all next week, eh?